What's up, Mets fans? I'm Matthew Sroan from MetsBlog.com and SNY.TV. It is Friday, June 22nd. The Mets are 31 and 41, 11 and a half games out in the NL East, and eight and a half back in the wild card. And this is the state of the Mets. Topic one is the season over. And I mean, look, it's not, nothing is officially over, right? There's still 90 or so games left in the season. But I mean, let's be honest 10 games under 500 in uh, late June, you know, <laughs> it's going to be really hard. I mean, at the very least, just to keep things interesting and um, to use a, a phrase, meaningful. In September, the Mets are going to have to play just, you know, ridiculously over their heads uh, in a way that they just haven't since the first week or so of the season. And so it's going to be really tricky. Um, You know, I think it comes down to what you want to accomplish uh, in this season. And I think at this point, most Mets fans would agree. And uh, the question is, does does ownership in the front office agree that it's time to sell off some of these assets and, and build towards the future? I guess the real question is, to what extent do the Mets want to do that? Uh, you know, they can trade Familia and probably as Drupal Cabrera and Blevins, maybe Todd Frazier, though I wouldn't get my hopes up. You know, for those guys, you're going to probably get a, 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 you know, a handful of mid-level uh, prospects that won't crack your top 20. Um, and probably for, you know, in a deal for Familia, they can probably get a team's top 20 prospect, maybe even a top 10, uh, depending on how the market shakes out. Uh, if you want to, you know, significantly alter your uh, farm system and acquire uh, an impact player that can help next season, you know what I'm going to say? It's got to be DeGrom. And, uh, you know, that's it's a big call. I don't think he's going to get traded. I wouldn't trade him. I'd give him an extension, quite honestly. And I'll talk about that a little bit later uh, in this podcast. But, um, you know, if he's if, if that's what you want, if you want to, you know, really either overhaul your system and add a, a whole ton of prospects or you want to just get that one gem, he's the man. That's it. If, if not, then, you know, you're just going to get some some, uh, you know, some guys to add depth to the farm system again. And you're going to try to retool in whatever way you can in the offseason. Topic two, will Mickey Calloway uh, be manager of the Mets next year? I think he will be, but I think the bigger question is going to be who's the GM. Because if it's Sandy Alderson and he comes back, obviously Mickey Calloway is going to be here. Uh, he's not going to fire his, his his choice of manager one year in. Like That's just ridiculous um, to expect that. If a new GM comes in, I think that's where things get interesting. You know, if they bring in a new general manager, and I don't mean Omar Minaya or John Rickle, I'm talking about somebody from outside the organization that's new blood. I could see where maybe they consider making a, a change, especially, especially if Joe Girardi decides he wants to get off the bench and, and get back in the dugout. If that's the case, um, and I'm a new GM, and this is New York, and, and I've seen Girardi win with the Yankees, you know, I could see where that something like that might happen. But if it's Sandy, I, it's just hard to imagine he cuts, uh, he turns his back on a guy after one year. That's just not Sandy Alderson's style. It's certainly not the Wilpon style, um, and so I just don't see that happening. Now, what do I think of Mickey Calloway? You know, I think he's doing okay. Um, he's a first-time manager. I just recently spoke on a panel with Bobby Valentine. Where, where Bobby was talking about how it took him close to 500 games before he felt comfortable managing in New York. 
um, and all that goes along with it. And he had managed before, and he knew New York. And play, you know, so uh, to take a guy like Callaway, you know, sort of a Midwestern guy coming from Cleveland, first time ever managing, he's got to learn the ropes. You know, some of the things he's saying uh, just recently about you know how uh, he made the comment about how you know you can't judge the team by its record and. You know, it's you got to look at how they're preparing and getting ready and all that. And like, I get that. That's that's that is not unique to him. That's how baseball managers talk. That's how they think. You know, the results to them are not as important as preparation, hustle, effort. You know, all those things. Because when that stuff is in order, wins will follow. That's how they look at it. Um, you know, to put wins first uh, and all that other stuff uh, second is when you get yourself into trouble and you're making stupid decisions and, and, and things like that. So I understand what he's saying. The problem is, and maybe that worked in, in Cleveland when you're a pitching coach and they ask you a question, or, but I mean, in New York, you say that and all anybody's going to hear is results don't matter and that's what's going to be on the back pages and that's what people are going to be calling talk radio about and fans are going to get worked up about and he'll figure that out. He'll learn it. Um, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. And, um, you know, I like it. It's fun. That's what makes baseball and sports fun in New York to a certain extent. If I were a manager, I'd probably be a little stressed out. But I think in time he will catch on, uh, assuming he's going to be here that long. <laughs> Topic three is Drew Smith, who, you know, you probably don't know who he is. If you do, good for you. You follow the farm system well and you paid attention uh, during the trade deadline in 2017. He's a 24-year-old reliever that the Mets got in the deal for Lucas Duda. He was drafted by the Tigers. He was a third-rounder. He got traded uh, to the Rays last year and then traded to the Mets in the Duda deal. And I watched a lot of him in spring training, and he's an interesting little reliever. He's not that tall, not that big, not very commanding on the mound, but he's got a pretty aggressive delivery, really leans back when he throws the ball, almost touches his calf uh, with, with his throwing hand. Uh, as he leans back, hides the ball exceptionally well, has a lot of good movement on his fastball, keeps the ball down, has a pretty decent curveball, and if he can mix in a changeup, you know, Rays and Tiger scouts, you know, all thought he could be a potential closer one day, if not, uh, you know, or be a setup man, if not a, a closer. So I'm glad they're bringing him up. Um, you know, he blew through all three levels last year, pitched in AAA this season, was doing, you know, very well in, a, in what's a hitter-friendly uh, league in the minor leagues. So, you know, the Mets need the help. <laughs> Clearly, they need the help in the bullpen. And, uh, you know, it's going to be important to get a look at this kid, if not for this season, but for next year. You know, and I think that's, at this point, although it's June and we're not there yet, the conversation's going to shift, I think, pretty quickly into... You know, what is Ahmed Rosario about? Is Michael Conforto healthy? What do they have in Dom Smith? What do they have in Peter Alonzo, the first base prospect? Because you got to figure he gets called up. Can Dom Smith play the outfield? Um, you know, what do they have in a guy like Drew Smith? Uh, you know, is Wheeler in Matt's or assuming Matt is still, or Wheeler still here? You know, how do these guys factor in? It's going to become assessment and analysis time. And while we're all kind of bored of that from last year, I just think that's where the team is now, uh, especially 10 games under 500 in June. So uh, this kid is uh, Drew Smith is, is one of those guys. He could be, uh, you know, a help in the bullpen. And, and hopefully he demonstrates that throughout uh, the rest of this season. Topic number four, Mr. Jacob deGrom, who has been unbelievable. He's not only 
you know, probably the pitcher, easily the pitcher that should win the Cy Young. You can make an argument that he's the National League MVP, given the numbers that he's putting up relative to really everyone. So, I mean, he's just been just sensational. And while the numbers are amazing and it's great to see the stats, watching him pitch has just been an absolute joy. I mean, it reminds me so much of Pedro Martinez. Um, You know, obviously Pedro's a Hall of Famer um, and, and Pedro is Pedro, but it's similar in the way uh, of how they, the way Pedro used to adjust, not just uh, game to game or even inning to inning, but at bat to at bat. Um, you know, Jake in his most recent start, I think to me was his most impressive where within the first batter, it, it was clear that he did not have command of his curveball and some of his off-speed pitches, and he was going to probably get stuck having to rely on that fastball. And you know, instead of trying to blow guys away with heat and, 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 you know, when, when pitchers tend to do that, they get rocked pretty early in the game or they at the very least exhaust themselves and throw too many pitches and they're out by the third, not to Grom, you know, he recognized where he was at. I think he understood the situation. He instead just kind of threw some BP fastballs in there. They made some contact pitch to contact seven pitches, three outs back to the dugout review comes back out in the second and he's lights out you know he's got all his pitches working and he's dominant a younger pitcher even a younger DeGrom might have tried to muscle his way through that first inning and who knows you know maybe he lets up three four five runs and he's out of the game by the third and then the bullpen is taxed and blah 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 not Jake and that's I think what's making him so uh, terrific this season statistically but also just watching him as a fan I mean I love watching good smart pitching I'll take you know, the intelligent game strategy like Jake is doing over, you know, the uh, the 100 mile an hour fastball 20 strikeout night. Those are fun and they're exciting, but I love the artistry of pitching. Uh, it's what Tom Glavin did so well when he was with the Braves. Um, it's what Maddox did so well, as much as I hated it. Um, you know, Pedro, prime example. DeGrom's doing it right now. These guys, you know, just slice up the batter's box with pitches and with uh you know velocity that's not exceptional nothing is outstanding they just know what to do and where to do it and it's just a joy to watch and it's why I hope they don't trade him if for no other reason that I'm going to miss watching him but also you know he's under contract for two more years and quite honestly given his age uh and the fact that he hasn't thrown a ton of innings for somebody at his age I would sign him to an extension and I don't know if he's interested I've heard from multiple places that he is, that he isn't. You know, Andy Martino with SNY has reported that the Mets have considered it. Uh, you know, they're all over the place, I think, with with where they are on this. But, you know, at this point, dude, dude's a Met, and he's awesome, and, you know, he's got he's got to stay here. He's part of the future. If you're going to win a World Series at some point in my lifetime, Jacob deGrom's going to be on that team. Lastly, number five, Brandon Nimmo. <laughs> and look, I'm the first one. I thought, and I'd been writing for years, that I thought he was nothing better than a fourth outfielder. Um, but holy Moses, he's just been terrific. I mean, look, Sandy didn't want to, all we read all winter was that Sandy Alderson didn't want to trade this kid for, uh, what was it, McCutcheon and a bunch of other kind of guys that, you know, veteran players that we were all scrambling to, to see the Mets get in an effort to improve uh, off of uh, 2016. But they held firm on Nimmo, who was, Sandy's first draft pick and you know who always has had a really disciplined bat but this year 
you know, he's taken pitches, uh, you know, he's not swinging at bad pitches amongst the best in the National League. But the key being when he does swing at those bad pitches, he's making contact. You know, he's not swinging and missing about average rate. And so, you know, with that, he's got a little bit more launch going. He's swinging, you know, that you throw Brandon Nimmo that low inside fastball and you're just asking for trouble. He pulls them with authority. Um, obviously, he gets on base a ton. He's a bit of a better runner than I ever recall. I think he's a little bit bigger and maybe a little stronger and probably a little smarter. I think he's more selective in what he's doing out on the field. And what can you say about his attitude? I mean, the smiles and just the the the, the way this kid exudes fun and joy for the game. You know, the Mets aren't playing very well, and yet when he smiles, you smile because that's what Nimmo is about. His background is amazing. The fact that he is even in the the fact that he got drafted, let alone is in the big leagues, is really remarkable, uh, given where he came came from. Uh, you know, it's just a great story. I hope he hits in the home run derby. The rumor is that, you know, the, the league is interested. He's he's intrigued. I know everybody freaks out about it ruining swings. But, I mean, come on, 10 games under 500 in June. Uh, you know, put, put Nimmo in the, in the home run derby. It would be amazing. Baseball would love him. Fans around the league should know who he is. And that's a great... Uh, great platform for that. So, I mean, look, the the more exposure Nimmo gets, uh, the better I think it is. I think this kid now, I'm a, I'm a believer, obviously, uh, you know, it's easy to say that when he's doing what he's doing, but he's just so much fun to watch, much like DeGrom. He's just, you know, it's a great, it's a great experience watching, watching Brandon Nimmo play baseball. And I, I look forward to many more years of, of him uh, doing what he's doing. All right. This has been the State of the Mets podcast for SNY.TV and MetsBlog.com. Again, I'm Matthew Cerrone. Thanks for listening. And as always, let's go Mets. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.